Hey, everyone. Welcome back to BU. This is our second podcast episode. And I first of all want to say I am beyond excited about the launch of this podcast, the response from women all over. And I just want to thank you for the support and the enthusiasm. And I've got an amazing episode for you today. So I had the honor of interviewing my personal business coach, the first coach I've ever officially hired. And her name is Kayla Kraft. Kayla is a best-selling author, a self-made millionaire, a mom, and a top sales influencer. She went from saving lives in the emergency room as a nurse to helping women own their own successful business. Featured on Fox News and Good Day LA, the California native has built multiple businesses, including the Mommy Millionaire brand. She's also helped thousands of women start to believe in themselves as entrepreneurs and businesswomen. Kayla teaches women to build sustainable businesses and brand growth as the host of the Mommy Millionaire podcast. She brings fun and relevant topics, stories, and advice to each episode in hopes of seeing women flourish in their personal businesses. With success stories from various prominent business owners and mindset tips to help you gain insight and confidence in your entrepreneurial endeavors, Kayla will help you become shameless in pursuing your ambitions. So my favorite part of this episode, I think, is that Kayla went really deep, really fast with us. When Kayla shared with us her experience hiring her first business coach and hearing him say, Kayla, you need to stop being a bulldozer and start being a Ferrari, my ears perked up and I knew I needed to listen. You're going to love that story. So let's get into it. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman, and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to BU. I am really, really excited about this episode. First of all, this is my very first interview ever. And the most exciting part is I'm interviewing my mentor and my personal business coach, Kayla Craft. So what I would like to tell you about Kayla Craft is um, you probably have heard of her and seen her all over social media. Kayla was highly recommended And when I hired her as my personal coach, the thing that was so exciting to me and uh, made me realize that I hired the best coach was that we did not say a word about business. Um, I hired her to help me start this business, grow it, launch it. And the first thing she said was, we are going to grow you into the woman who will be ready for the type of success that you say you want. And that's when I knew I had the right coach. And the interesting thing is I've spent years and years and years looking at myself, like truly doing really deep personal development, uh, not just reading a book here or there. And so I truly thought I didn't need a lot of work in that area. And I was surprised. (laughs) I was more than shocked when I met Kayla and she asked me a few questions in our very first conversation 
that really broke me open. And she was able to pull a few things out of me that I had never discovered in 20 years of therapy, 10 years of personal growth, taking multiple courses, and as I said, diving really, really deep. And so I was beyond impressed with her just in that first experience. And so what I have learned about Kayla is that she has, I I I truly believe, has the heart of an angel. She is a bold, fierce, powerful woman who's very, very gentle and soft on the inside. And uh, she is approachable and just someone who, when you work with her, um, you can see that she truly, truly is committed to pulling the best out of women and showing them, you know, that they can be anything they, they decide to be. So thank you so much, Kayla, for being here. I'm so excited and grateful. I am so excited to be here and thank you for that lovely intro. Yes, I love it. And I'm just so proud of you for doing this podcast because people need to hear more um, from Jill. So it's going to be amazing. Oh, thank you. Okay. So over the last 10 years, uh, you have gone from emergency room nurse to mom to the mommy millionaire, the queen mommy millionaire who is, you know, helping thousands and thousands of women create wealth and understand what that means. So my first question is, would you share with everybody, if anyone doesn't know your story, just kind of condense maybe the last 10 years of how did that happen? How did you go from being a nurse to making your first million and then creating this, I will call, empire? Right. So I found myself at 23 years old uh, working as an ER nurse and I was already a charge nurse. And so I was like running the show down in ER and I was like, oh my gosh, I've waited like 10 years to do this and now I'm doing it and I don't really like it. (laughs) And I don't know if anybody listening in has ever found themselves in that same position where, you know, it's like, oh, this isn't all that it was cracked up to be in the textbook or on the movies that I watched. (laughs) And I had a one-year-old at home. And so, you know, you find yourself contemplating like what life should be like. And I knew if I were to keep doing the same thing I had always done, my life was going to look the same in 10 years. And so I knew I needed to drastically change something. And I had already like dabbled in network marketing in the past, but never really like gone full in. And I was introduced to a product that I love and I started selling it. And, you know, within a couple of years I had made a million dollars in commissions and still, I just felt like that wasn't the thing for me. I knew it was a vehicle for me to create some money, some cash flow for my family, but I always had this like bigger thing in the back of my mind that I wanted to do and create for my life. And, uh, so yeah, so when I was 26, I started to do a little bit of business coaching, right? Cause I was like, Oh, well, if I can do this, I can help other people like create businesses too. And so I dabbled in that a little bit. I started mommy millionaire a couple years ago and that's really when like I found, I feel like I found my purpose, like this is what I was meant to do, was to help women all over the world become rich. And when I say rich, a lot of people get triggered because they're like, oh God, you know, like what does she carry around her Louis Vuitton bag on her private jet? (laughs) And she could be, you know, feeding starving kids in Africa. You know, like I know that there's people listening in that are thinking that when I say the, and, and just for you saying that, I love you. You know, if you're thinking that, like I get you. Okay. But When I say rich, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the woman who um, has to say no when she wants to say yes. 
you know, um, the woman who wants to create new opportunities for her family that take money, <laughs> the one that wants to have a rich family life where it's full of love and full of life and full of living free. And that's what rich means to me. It's not just about money, but it's about the experiences that you get to have with your family because you don't have to worry about these like things that take money. So anyway, uh, I got, I got on a little tangent there, but I, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell, but, um, yeah, so that's what I'm really excited about right now is just like living out that purpose. Like how do we help more women become rich? Because, you know, a lot of the movies that we watched when we were younger don't necessarily depict that it's easy to be rich. They show that, you know, rich people are greedy and rich people are bad and you should just grow up and be a princess and a prince charming is going to come save you one day. And that's really not the world that we live in. You get to decide to be a queen and you get to decide to create your own reality and that's a game changer. And so, yeah, I'm excited to be on this podcast and share how to do that. So for people who don't already follow you or know about Mommy Millionaire, will you just explain to them, like, how do you do that? I mean, you do coaching, you have programs. What does that look like? Yeah. So Mommy Millionaire has a podcast. That's how we first started. So it's called the Mommy Millionaire Show. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. So good. And uh, from that, we have coaches. So I have Mommy Millionaire coaches that take and work with people one-on-one. I have a coaching academy. So anybody that wants to become a life coach, I teach them my exact process. And I even teach you the process on how to build a seven-figure coaching business, creating your offers and all that. And then I also have my course. It's called the Mommy Millionaire Mentality. And so that's a six-week live course that I teach you how to really show up as the mommy millionaire that you were destined to be and how to get your family on board with that as well. So yeah, those are the offerings I have. Um, I work with Jill one-on-one, but that's a very, um, you know, selective. I work with one-on-one just because, um, you know, I want to help a lot of people. So we do it in other ways. (laughs) And I'm so grateful that you're doing that. So let's talk about that. I wasn't planning on asking you about that, but when you talked about triggers, I'm sure you know that a lot of people say they want to grow. They say they want to be successful. They want this, they want that. And then you tell them, what it costs for the program or for, let's say the one-on-one coaching between the two, for the two of us, then they're like, ah, uh, maybe I don't really want it that badly. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that's such a trigger for people? Well, because people have been socially conditioned that it is not normal to invest in yourself, right? So it's normal to take a loan out and get into $100,000 worth of debt to go to school to end up with no job after you get a college diploma. That's normal, actually. That's been normalized in our society. It's not normal to like, oh, you know, why would you spend $200 on a course that could teach you how to be rich or teach you how to be a salesperson? Ooh, why would you do that? They're just trying to make money off of you. Like, what? That literally makes no sense when when you really question it, right? But at a very young age, it was like, what can you get for free? You know, go and do the free thing. Go and show up for the free the free lunches, the free play dates, all the things that are free. And that's what has been normalized. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of unlearning people need to unlearn. And that's why, you know, at mommy millionaire, we meet people where they are, you know, like we have a membership that's $49 a month to get people in the door to start feeling out what it's like to invest in yourself. But it's a lot of like going like, Oh, I'm worth it. Actually, the more I invest in myself, actually, the more valuable I become. 
that's how I look at it. I mean, I buy courses probably every day. I'm like, whoops, <laughs> what else can I learn? That's fun to me though. And uh, I was just listening to another podcast earlier this morning and they were talking about unlearning, unschooling, it's called, because I'm thinking about doing it with my kids. Because a lot of the school system, they teach people how to think like everybody else, right? And so uh, part of our job as thought leaders, Jill, is to teach people how to think for themselves. And so we, you might be the first person that they're listening to on this podcast that teaches them how to critically think and to question the system. And then, you know, the next person might get the benefit of them buying that program, but you're the one that planted the seed. And so just know that, you know, some people, they're going to say no, but every time you plant a new seed in what they're doing in their next level. I agree. And, you know, and that also brings up for me, you know, when people, um, we're talking about women here, you know, use the money as the reason not to Mm -hmm. do the thing, learn the thing, whatever. I think another reason, and tell me if you agree that women do this is because it's, they're sometimes so attached to and almost even like addicted to or in love with the life that they say they hate. Mm. that it's easy to say, well, I can't do it because of the money, but truly what it's bringing up is maybe I don't really deserve to have that life. Maybe mm -hmm. it's not for me. Maybe I should just shrink. And so they use the money as the excuse. And, you know, I, I know the kind of work you do and I know um, what I've seen and in, in the work I've done that, you know, when we talk to women about what they really want, a lot of it, as you said, is unlearning what they think they don't deserve. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so interesting to me. Okay. So you just, um, brought up family and I want to tell you one thing I really admire you for. And, and those of you listening, I don't even know Kayla yet. I mean, we've had a couple of zoom calls together. I really know her through her podcast and what she teaches and that's how you can get to know her too. But I'm pretty clear on what her values are. And she's very clear and very bold about helping women see that yes, you can and deserve to be successful and be wealthy. And your family always comes first. Mm -hmm. And you'll have to say it in your own words, but if I may be misquoting you, but Kayla says something along the lines of, you know, if things aren't right, you know, in your family with your kids, then you're not going to get that thing and you shouldn't be pursuing it right now anyway. So what I want to ask you is there's that, but then there's also the other side. And this is where I was for years. It's sort of like an either or for them instead of an and, you know, it's either family first. And I heard this a lot in network marketing. You know, I put my family first in a judgmental way that, of course, they're saying it through that lens of judgment, right? I'm putting my family first. That's why I'm not uh, reaching goals or making money. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the other person who was like me who said, I'm doing it for my kids and because of them. And that gave me license to be a complete workhorse mm -hmm. and I had no balance. So maybe talk about that, but also like, how can you be both because I know you can. You can't be and do have it all without having help and, you know, delegating, of course. But how can women pursue goals, success, wealth, et cetera, while still having their family be their first priority? Oh my gosh. I love that you're bringing this up because I'm, I'm launching my mentality. By the time people listen to this, the doors will be closed. But, you know, this is exactly what I teach inside of this course is because people, you're right, they have this all in hustle mentality or they're just in victim mode 
and I'm the martyr. I'm giving up everything. I'm giving up my life for my kids. Right. And that's absolute bull crap. Um, that's actually the worst thing you could do as a mom because you're teaching your kids to not have any ambition. Um, you know, what the heck? So I, I don't, I don't buy into that story. The, the thing about moms is we do what we saw period. We do what we saw. And you have to learn to start questioning everything that you do, everything that you do. And so I started, I used that same thing, you know, when Charlie uh, turned two and I realized, oh crap, I don't even remember the last two years. All I've been doing is working and traveling all over the world. And I don't even know this little two-year-old sitting here in front of me because my mom had basically been with her so much because I was traveling all the time. And I kept saying I was doing it for her. Charlie didn't care that I was like anybody special out in the business world. What she needed was her mom. And so I started to question, why do I think it's normal for people to say I'm doing this for my kids? And I'm like, oh, it's, that's their way of justifying leaving their children. And I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to justify leaving my children. I just don't want to leave my children to do anything. I believe that in this day and age, you know, and this was back in 2014, in this day and age, I can build a multi-million dollar business from my home while she's napping. And so I started just to change things. And I used to say, no, I'm not going to that speaking thing. No, I'm not doing that Zoom call. No, no, no. And women need to start standing up for what they truly want and believing when they stand up for what they want, they're still going to get every desire. It's going to come in a different way that nobody's ever seen before because we are miraculous human beings as females and things are always working out for us and miracles are happening every single day for us. And so I started to question that and I started to see new results in my life because I wasn't playing the game like everybody else was playing. And that's what moms need to do. Stop taking advice from mediocre moms that drink wine at three o'clock every single day because they just can't deal Bye. like turn those people off and start turning into you period. Who do you want to be? How do you want your kids to feel around you? And who, how, what kind of relationship do you want to have with them 10 years, 15 years from now? Because everything you do now matters and you get to make the rules. Nobody else. That's how I look at it as a mom. Don't follow somebody else's rules. Don't follow mommy millionaire rules. Don't follow Jill's rules. Follow your own and um, create an amazing environment for your family. And in one thing, I, I want to speak to the women who are in a situation that I found myself in who really do have to work nonstop for whatever reason. An example is I, my spouse um, battled addiction and was unemployed. And I, I, we could not pay our bills with me just working full-time as a nurse. So my nursing career was flexible, as you know, uh, worked tons of hours around my kids. But then on top of that, babysat on the side and started a network marketing business. But one thing I know that I wish I would have done differently is even though I truly had to work that much, I don't want anyone to hear Kayla saying that it means you have to quit your job. That's not what she's saying. It's about presence. It's about connection. So for me, the times where I was not on the clock, guess what I was doing? I wasn't really connecting with my children. I was on my phone or I was stressing about or worrying about the bill that wasn't paid or the next shift I had to work or what my schedule was or what my calendar said. So they didn't get me ever. They didn't get me in person or when I wasn't there. And it's a huge regret for me. So maybe we can talk about that. What is your coaching or advice for someone like me 
and anyone listening who has that past because it just, I could cry right now. Yes, I was a great mom. Yes, I did the best I knew how. I know now looking back that I, everyone operates doing the best they know how at the time. Um, but man, I wish I had some do-overs. I, I think there were years where I wasn't really focused and present with my kids. So mm-hmm. how do women get past that guilt? Yeah. Well, I think like Jill, it's really important for you to have compassion for that part of you, you know, and that life that you led, led because you were in survival mode. Right. And when we are in survival mode, we don't make the best decisions, right? Because we're not thriving, you know? So there's like your survival brain that's right here at the bottom, the back of your head. And, you know, up here, you know, there's your like executive brain up at the top. You never get to the executive brain of critical thinking and like living your best life if you're down here in survival. Okay. And so to even think that you would have made a different decision is is crazy because you're, you're, you're basically thinking a lion is chasing you every day and that you're going to die. That's how you're living. Okay. And so just like, you know, give your, give that Jill a big hug because she made it and you're on the other side and now you're in executive brain, which is exciting. And you get to teach your kids how to do it too. But that's what I would ask every woman that's listening in right now is really stepping in to the mirror and looking and seeing like, where am I just surviving right now? Because, you know, survival tells you that you're uh, not safe, that you are, your life is in imminent danger and there's a threat. But if you look back at it, I mean, you're a nurse, uh, you worked full time. Your life wasn't in danger necessarily, maybe sometimes with the spouse, but there were probably things that you could have been different, could have been doing different if your mind truly would have been believing that you were safe that there was no imminent danger or threat at your life. But the problem is, is that it didn't know that. And so I would be working on creating safety in my mind, first and foremost, getting my subconscious mind to buy into the fact that I'm safe. There's no lion chasing me right now that even if I didn't show up to work today, I would still be safe because at the end of the day, there's like, there's government assistance. You live in America. So like, you know, you, you would have been okay. And like, there's a lot of things we can go into all that, but I would really question all the stories. Cause you're like, I had to work full time and I had to do these extra jobs. And I'd be like, Oh, did you really? No. And I love that. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of women who are um, pouring themselves completely into career might be doing what I was doing too, which is it's, it's fight or flight survival and it's where they're finding their significance. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't love myself and I didn't value myself, I needed the goals to be reached. I needed the success. I needed to be up on that stage. It felt good to have my name flashed on a big screen and have everybody tell me I was doing well because otherwise I didn't feel like I was doing a good job. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. As I said, a bit when we opened up, years of personal development, I feel like I've done a lot more work on myself than a lot of people. And one conversation with you, truly, Kayla, was when I realized I am turning 49 in a month and I'll be damned, I am still not loving myself. Mm. Like I'm all about self-love, but was I really loving myself? And so when you said, look in the mirror, you know, you're the person who introduced me to mirror work and actually bought the book, by the way, Louise Hayes, and I started reading it. And today is my official day one. So, you know, we don't have time to get into all the things, as you said, but what would you say to those listening about why it's so important for women to not just say, oh, I'm all about self-love. I'm getting a pedicure, but really looking inward. 
I, I mean, it's so funny that you said, oh, I'm getting a pedicure. I love myself. Because that's, that's total social conditioning right now, right? It's like, oh, I got a manicure. Oh, I, you know, I took a nap. It's self-care. It's self-love, all these things. Self-love is about the stories you're telling yourself on a daily basis. When you look at yourself like you are your own best friend and you talk to her that way, that's self-love, you know, but most of us, we prefer other people above ourselves. So we'll say to our friends, oh my gosh, don't say that about yourself. You're beautiful. You're wonderfully made. You got this going on. You got this girl. Like, let's go. And then when we are alone and our minds, we're like, oh my God, we suck. We're ugly. We're fat and we're not smart enough. We're never going to be able to do this. And that is self-hate. And that's what most people suffer from. And so if you can learn to manage your thoughts and be an observer of your thoughts instead of an owner of our thoughts, that's when you can start to create some self-love in your life. And so when I say observe your thoughts, it's realizing that all of these things that we're thinking, you know, whatever they say, like some people say 60,000, some people say 90,000 thoughts a day, whatever it is, it's a lot of freaking thoughts. And if you could just learn to be the outside observer of them and know that most of your thoughts are social conditioning and it's all patterning. And if you could just look at them from an outsider's perspective and say, oh no, I'm not going to take that one on today. That's not mine. Taking that out. Boom. That's not going to work for me. And you're going to, oh wait, you know, I'm going to add I love you in there. I'm going to add, you can do this girl in there and learn that you are that much in control of your thoughts. That is when you love yourself, period. And with the thousands of women you have mentored and coached, and by the way, none of this is scripted. Kayla doesn't know what I'm asking her. I don't even know what I'm getting ready to say. But this is what's coming to me. With the thousands of women you have coached, hundreds of thousands, how often is it that you encounter a woman who comes to you and doesn't have what she wants and already fully loves herself, truly looks inward at herself, is her own best friend? I think I know the answer. But- How often do you actually see that without helping her figure out how to do that? I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, that's what I figured. I just want everyone to hear that. I mean, so many of us have so much we want and not material things necessarily. There's nothing wrong with that either. But, you know, that we want a a great relationship. We want this. We want the family to be this way or that way. We want our health to be. But the one thing that's missing is us looking at ourselves, not in a critical way. Because I, as I said, I did years of looking at myself. Let me fix myself. Mm-hmm. Let me do the work. And Kayla's one who said to me, Jill, you're really good at doing, right? I'm an achiever. But what about just being? And I'm like, you know, I know that meditation is important. I tell everybody to do it. But do I do it? No, I don't take the time to do it because I'm too busy doing. And I just wondered with, I mean, that the lens that you have, you know, the, the view you have seeing all these women, you know, I bet it's a fascinating view and I bet you see patterns and you see the same thing showing up over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can pretty much spot out what most people's problems are within 10 to 15 seconds of them talking, you know, because it all comes down to self-love, but it shows up in different ways for, for people. And I think that if it wasn't modeled for us, again, we're not going to know what it looks like. And it wasn't modeled for any of us. Mm-hmm. You know, this personal development world wasn't big 
you know, until really right now, because it's so readily available to everybody. Anybody can go onto Google and say, how do I love myself? They're going to get thousands of articles, thousands of podcasts, and they can start working on themselves right now. That was not available to our moms. It wasn't, you know, and and you Uh, were able to get great success and make a ton of money, not knowing a lot about that because of I'm assuming grit, hard work, consistency, achievement, all of that. When did you have the breakthrough of, I, I, we heard you say before that you learned that you didn't want to work that way anymore and you wanted to put your family first, but when did you have that aha where you're like, you know what? I need to start loving myself. Like when did that happen? Yeah. So gosh, was I about, I think it was when I was about 27 and I was already coaching people. I was already helping people and I hired my first like business coach one-on-one before that I had done seminars. I had done, you know, certifications and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, gosh, I feel like I'm at a plateau. And I hired my first business coach, Matthew Ferry, who I love and changed my life forever. And he was like, Kayla, you're like a bulldozer and you need to be a Ferrari. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, I want to be a Ferrari, but I was like, I'm a, I'm a bulldozer. Like, what are you talking about? And and (laughs) not only was I, I was like bulldozing all around town, like, you know, get out of my way. You're either coming with me on the same train or you need to like move out of the way. I was also doing that to the parts of me. Like, so all of my feelings, all of these like, you know, versions of myself that like were not helpful to me. I thought I just bulldozed them right out of my life. I was like, bye, you don't get to be a part of me. That little six-year-old girl that was abandoned by her dad, you know, like you don't get to, to be here and be a part of the show. And I was just like very like cold and shut off to that part of me. And so it took investing in myself a pretty penny for him to tell me that on my first call. And he was like, Kayla, you're not going to like me for the first six months because I'm going to like, everything's going to flip-flop in your life. And I was like, oh, and I remember I didn't want to get on the phone with him because, oh my God, he's going to find something else with me today. And it wasn't like there was anything wrong with me. He just pointed out the things that like, this isn't really you. Like, do you really want to act this way? Do you really want to feel this way? And I was like, no, like I want to have more fun. I want to have more play in my life. I want to spend more time with my kids. I don't want to fight with my husband so much. And he just helped me see who I really was. Um, without all the defense mechanisms that I had taken on from so much trauma as a child. And yeah, so that was, that was really the turning point for me was getting somebody else to speak that into my life that I trusted. And yeah. And once he spoke that into you, I'm sure there are 25 things, but what are maybe three mm-hmm things that you did and you maybe still do consistently because you can't just do it once, right? And be yep. cured um, that keep you in that place. Yeah. So the, the number one thing that I worked on with him was forgiveness and forgiveness of people in my life and also forgiveness of myself because I carried a lot of shame for things I had done in the past that at that moment I was just doing the best I could with what I knew at the time. And so I learned to practice that compassion and love for myself. And then I could give it to other people, you know? So I practice that on a regular basis, like on a regular basis. And then the second thing that I think I really learned from that moment was just learning to create the new rules of what I wanted Kayla to be like and ditching the, the old rules of what I thought being successful used to look like. 
Um, cause I thought it needed to be very buttoned up and serious in order to be successful. And that's kind of how I built like my business was like, mm-hmm. and then the moment I gave myself a new rule of like, Oh, you get to be silly Kayla and you're still going to be extremely successful was everything started to change for me. I started to have more fun and I felt more free. So that was really powerful is, is learning to create your own rules for your life. And I tell everybody this, you know, I just said that earlier about your family, create your own rules. And, uh, the other thing that I learned from him that was really cool was he taught me the concept of muscle testing. So you can muscle test certain affirmations or beliefs in your body and you could see, do I really believe this? Um, or is this just something that I, that was regurgitated information that I'm saying that I, that is not mine. That's not true for me. And so that's a tool I use all the time. I use it with my clients while you're talking to know if you're lying, you know, it's pretty cool. Amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay. So as we wrap up here, uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for your time and for enthusiastically saying yes to this podcast. Um, I want to thank you for what you're about to do with me over the next four months. Um, I know it's going to be difficult and also just amazing and wonderful. Um, and I want to acknowledge what you do in the world. I, I, I truly mean that. I mean, there are a lot of powerful women out there doing amazing work, but there is something special about you. And it's interesting. I told you this when I first talked to you on the phone in May, it was the first time mm-hmm. we, we interacted, but I want to share it with the listeners because I think it's really interesting for, and it's a lesson for us to always look at ourselves again, not in a critical way, but in a subjective way. I'm sorry, in an objective way. I tell people that it's like the difference between looking in front of the mirror 20 pounds over your ideal weight and saying, oh, interesting, I'm 20 pounds heavier than I'd like to be. And the difference between that and looking in front of the mirror and saying, I'm disgusting, I look horrible, right? So in looking at ourselves, not in a critical judgmental way, but just saying, hmm, that's interesting. When I first encountered Kayla, just when she mentioned in the beginning that, that money will trigger people, people will trigger people. And mm-hmm. so when someone said to me, Lindsay Schwartz, who I also admire, she said, I said, I'm looking for a one-on-one, like a coach who is going to basically get me where I know I can be, but also not hold back, rip me open. And I want to have access to her. And she said, you know, knowing your energy and your personality, for sure, Kayla Craft." So I looked up Kayla Craft. And I couldn't figure it out, Kayla. And guys, as you're listening to this, it's going to make you uncomfortable. But I know it's not going to make her uncomfortable because she really lives what she, what she preaches. So when I first saw her, I, I, I did not feel attracted. I felt almost repelled. Not in a, again, judgmental way I thought, but truly it was triggering, right? Triggering my own fears. Yes, my judgment, which comes from all my own fears. I couldn't figure out why I didn't feel attracted. I mean, she checked all the boxes. And I'm like, I know she's not for me. And I pulled back. And a couple months later, I went back and I listened to a podcast of hers. It took me that long to listen to one episode. And Mm -hmm. I laughed at myself. That's when I paused and I was like, oh, this is, I mean, it's just so sneaky how our brains work. And I realized, Kayla, that the reason I did not feel attracted is because I knew that one, you were doing, being, and living the life that I've always wanted that I have not had yet. And on one hand, I had reached a lot of success in my arena, and I didn't like the fact that I hadn't really reached the success I knew I could have, mm-hmm. and that's what you have, right? So there's my ego. The second thing is that 
I saw that you lived unapologetically. I saw that you truly have confidence. You don't pretend to be confident. And that's one thing that I knew I still did not have at that time at 48 and a half. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it triggered me. And so, you know, for those of you listening, if you listen to someone, well, maybe it's me, right? Or you see someone, another female, and you feel repelled, it doesn't mean it's because you're being triggered, but ask yourself. And maybe Kayla, you could just talk on that as we close. When that happens, what, what could we ask ourselves and how do we know what that's pulling out of us? Well, I think that anytime somebody is bothering you, it's, it's always you, it's never them, period. You know, that's an affirmation I live by. It's always you, it's never them. It's, it's something inside of you that either they're living out something, um, maybe there's a part in their character that you don't like in yourself. And so it, whatever you don't like in you, it is magnified in other people, period. And so when you see them live that out, it's like, oh, it's because you have that in you. Anything you spot, you got, right? Anything you spot, you got. And so whether that's a good thing or it's a bad thing. So that's why when everybody tells me, oh, Kayla, you're so amazing. I'm like, ditto. It's, if you see it, it's because you have it, period. And so that's awesome, right? But also on the flip side of that, if you see these things that bother you, it's because you have it within you. And so instead of going and saying, I'm triggered by this person. Oh, I'm triggered by me. These are the parts of me that I need to remove and take off of me because they're dead weight to me. So thank you for this information. Anytime I'm triggered, you know, I say air quotes because it's like triggered, such a trendy word right now, right? But I go, okay, there's something in me that I need to release. There's something in me I need to release. And what does that look like today? And then I pray about it. I let it go. And I say, there's no strongholds over my life. I give that to God. That's yours. Take it away from me because I'm meant to be an I. It's funny that you call me an angel because I truly believe I am an angel on earth, like here to be light and love. And I can't do that with extra garbage and crap on me. I'm not a crap magnet. I'm a love magnet. And so I'm thankful when I see people that like, you know, have these things that come up and be like, oh, this bug, you know, if I see people copying me, my ego goes, oh my gosh, like we need to call the lawyer. And then I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. What's this part in you? It's your ego. You need the recognition. Okay. Let's go and give that to God. We, we don't need that significance. Like, come on, you're here to serve. You're here to impact. And so I always say, thank you to that person. Thank you for showing up in the way that you did because I grow, I grew from it. So thank you. And so I just send love and gratitude to that person because it's about me. Oh, I love it. I keep saying I love it because I do. I love everything you're sharing. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for everything you've shared. You have really added so much to this budding community. So where can everyone find you and get more of the Mommy Millionaire? Yeah. I mean, I would say listen in to the Mommy Millionaire show. And if anybody is right now um, listening in and they're in the U.S., they can actually text me. And my number is 661 491 7447. And if they just text me the word podcast, I'll know that they listened in through this podcast and I'll send them out some affirmations and some cool stuff. And they can text me questions and all that kind of stuff. Texting is just the best way to, to get in my, my little groove. I love it. And yes, I highly recommend her podcast, but also her book. You didn't mention your, your book, but that's great too. And, um, there's again, a lot of things, so much. <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of things. All right. Thank you everybody so much for listening and don't forget to be you. Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear. So let me know in a DM on Instagram at jillhermanbu. Be sure to subscribe to the BU podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.